Hi, and welcome back to another episode of a Satisfied Mind podcast. This is another episode exploring the IFS, Internal Family Systems model, a paradigm for understanding our minds and, and, how, it, and how it operates, and consequently why we do what we do. And I can't think of a more important topic at this time, to be honest. The truth is there's some pretty significant and, and dire consequences of our collective patterns playing out and, and our behavior right now. And if we are to address it, we need to understand it. I mean, and how it, well, how it helps us start where you're at with you and for each of us to take responsibility for, for what we do, for who we are and how we show up and for the impact that we have. And so I'm going to start this episode with why this matters so much. And, and I, I'm going to make it personal. I was thinking about this episode for some time, doing some research, taking notes, and it's really important for me that I live, what it is that I teach or share here, and so I just don't want to just regurgitate information that you can find elsewhere. I want to make it personal and relevant so that hopefully it's relatable. And I'm not a therapist, but I am a teacher. I have two degrees, one on uh, one in philosophy and the other in education. I have two graduate certificates in workplace training and the other in outdoor education and leadership, and I have a diploma in coaching. So I'm a teacher. I'm not a therapist, and so I, I share this with the intention being to help uh, and by sharing information in a way that is relevant and accessible. And so I'll share a story. Last night, it was last night, um, when a couple of very familiar parts of mine flared up uh, in the context of relationships and my role in relationships, it was a familiar part, a familiar voice protecting me from being vulnerable. And it was sabotaging things. The inner critic shame monster was raging. And it was fascinating to witness this and to experience this in the context of this work and this episode in particular on self and self-awareness and self-energy and self-leadership because I was able to regulate those parts. I was able to have them uh, stand aside just to settle down and I was able to be present to them, to witness them, to hear them and to validate and acknowledge them, not to deny or ignore or repress or, or eliminate them, but to acknowledge them and to validate them and to restore balance to my system. And the shift in my, in my physical, my somatic, my nervous, my emotional embodied experience was quite incredible. And I was able to do this to myself in a way uh, that I used to outsource to others. I, I used to need others to do this for me, especially in the context of relationships. And that never went well, as you can imagine. It only ever resulted in codependent enmeshment. And that's why I believe this work is so powerful because it can liberate you from codependency. It enables you to cultivate not only self-awareness, but self-love and to be able to meet your needs in a way that is healthy and sustainable, in a way that is actually taking responsibility for yourself so that you can then meet another from a place of boundary wholeness and share your love and receive theirs as opposed to needing their love to validate your parts. And so 
That was last night and then this morning something else happened. That reminded me of the power of this work too. I received a voice message from a good mate of mine, an old mate who I've known for over 20 years. And he shared his feedback from my last episode and talked about how he takes time out from his marriage for himself to calibrate, to connect with himself and that part of him that has always existed and has always been there throughout various iterations of his role as a partner, as a husband, as a father, and various other identities and roles we play. He takes his time out to connect with himself and his mental health and his uh, as well as the health of his relationship is all the better for it. So, you know, there was just two examples, one of mine and one from from a, a, a good mate uh, around the the application and the and the value of this work. And there's a couple of examples. These are a couple of couple, these are just a couple of examples of of why this work is so important. Um, and I'm particularly curious about how this applies for men. And I'd love to discuss this further, this concept of self-love for men. It's not a conversation I've heard much. There's plenty of chest beating and you know com- competitive driving and striving to, to dominate and win and master and control when it comes to men's work. But I'm more interested in the nuances and the subtleties of a more holistic and integrated experience of love um, and self-love for men. Imagine a world where men knew how to truly love themselves and then to be able to truly love another without a need or, or without a sub subtext of control. That's the kind of world we need. Or at least that's the kind of world I'd like to live in. So perhaps perhaps that's a, a topic for another podcast. Uh but for those of you who know me or have been following this podcast of late, you'll know how frothy I am for this IFS model. And it's been the most effective, the most relevant, the most helpful and simple, actually. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's it's been the most valuable model I've come across. And so it's a no-brainer for me to share and encourage it. Sorry, share and encourage you um, to, to explore it further, to look into it um, for if it helps you as much as it has helped me, uh, then that's a very good thing. So this little mini series is three episodes. Uh, the first was an overview of the model. The second was looking at parts. This is about self-leadership and self-energy. And I'll talk plenty more about the model and its application uh, in future episodes. Uh, but for now, I just wanted to provide a quick summary of a few key elements um, to the model as it relates to self. So, I've shared some, you know, personal perspective and look, I think too often therapy and, and, and personal development work operates from a deficit beginning with the premise that there is something wrong with you that needs to be fixed by something or from something or someone outside of you. And IFS looks at psyche as a system, an interdependent system of connected parts a system, should I say, a system of interdependent parts that are all connected. And therefore, any dysfunction or imbalance in the system is addressed as a systemic issue. And and so to restore balance to the system where some parts have overcompensated for others is to look within the system and healing is restoring that balance. And so the solution to this, the awareness 
that leads to the solution is within two. And this is the perspective of the self, the capital S self. And we all have access to this. We all have this self-awareness and this self-perspective and the opportunity to be led by that, to be self-led. It's built in, it's inherent, and it's, it's a matter of accessing it. And so for me, this feels really empowering. And it's, I feel like it's the ultimate, it's taking responsibility. And that's, again, what we need more of, people taking responsibility for themselves and for the impact that they have in, in, in the world. It's empowering because we're not broken, but we have adapted to survive. And, and, and parts have taken on the burden of roles that we, as self-led awareness, can unburden, unburden them from. We can unburden those parts from those roles and free these parts up to do what they are naturally drawn to do. This approach feels really inspiring and it's and it's hopeful and it gives us agency over our own experience and our own healing. And that's not to say we're meant to do it by ourselves because we're not, but and we need each other to you know to support um, this process and 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 you might need the support of a coach or a therapist. It's really helpful, uh, but ultimately the healing is an inside job and the advice or the solutions. Uh, or the awareness of what's required to heal doesn't necessarily come from outside of us. It's catalyzed within. And so this, I guess a bit of background, I did um, talk more about this in the, in the first episode of this series, but um, as this model was being developed by its founder, Richard Schwartz, the awareness of self and what's referred to as self-leadership came about as a result of um, witnessing dialogue um, within parts or between parts where uh, these subpersonalities would be in dialogue or, or relationship with each other. But when these parts were able to separate, that's when the magic happens. Another perspective emerged from the space that was created. And it, it was as a voice or, or a perspective quite distinct from these parts. And this perspective, this voice, has a number of characteristics that were consistent in every, in every person, in every case, in every, in every patient. And these characteristics were uh, later codified uh, and have become known as the eight C's of self-leadership. But what's true in every case is that this self existed and exists within all of us. So imagine that. Imagine if you had within you this perspective and awareness that holds the key to every single problem you have. And all you need to do is access it. And that key, it's not hidden. You have it. It's in your hand. You're holding it. You are it. You may not have been aware of it, but that's what I love so much about this model is you already have the answers to your questions, to your healing. It's within you. It is you. It is who you are. And you may not identify as this self all the time, but it's there. It's real and it's, it's waiting for you to access it, to, uh, to cultivate it so that you can literally live your best life. So rather than adding something to a deficit, this approach is about removing what's not you, what's not self, and making space for self to speak and cultivating that space so you can be more self-led. It's really exciting, I think. It's, it's also bloody hard to undo so much em- embedded conditioning, but it's doable. And certainly, 
in my humble opinion, at least, it's I reckon it's the most sustainable and, and empowering approach to personal development, to healing, and to growth, and and to our evolution. And so, in IFS therapy, people began to quite naturally identify this as their self, the capital S self. As in, when asked the question, uh, you know, like, which part is that that's coming up with all of this, you know, sort of wisdom, they'd respond, well, that's not a part. This is, it's just my, it's just myself. And, and I've had this experience too. Uh, I didn't understand it or I didn't really have a model for it, but I've had this experience in the past uh, where, and I've done this for years now, whenever I was really struggling with something, I would, I would write it out because I have this, you know, I've always had these, this dialogue in my, in my head, in my mind. And I, and, and I would get to a point where I couldn't figure it out. So I'd have to write it out. Whenever I was struggling, I'd write out a Q and a dialogue. I'd be writing the questions from a part that I was, you know, struggling with, uh, and I'd write a question that I was really struggling with or an experience that I was really struggling with. And then I would respond with an answer. At the time, I thought it was just a wise perspective. You know, I used to call these, these Q&A sessions uh, my conversations with God, for want of a better word. And the answers were always bang on. They were precise. They were calm. They were measured. They were insightful. And they were exactly what I needed to hear. Now, what I realize now is that this wasn't necessarily God speaking. It wasn't me kind of channeling some external guidance. It was, this was myself speaking. These conversations were in effect conversations, not with God, but with myself. And it was myself that was responding. And the more I listened and applied the wisdom of that self, the calmer I was and the better my quality of life has been. And so, um, you know, I'd been doing this for years without really knowing it, uh, connecting to and cultivating this this self. I just didn't have a a model to help understand it. And so, uh, so this self might be referred to, you know, as your authentic self or your essence or your true self in other other modalities or or paradigms. But the important thing to note here is that it's inherent. It exists in all of us. Call it what you want. Um, Call it your higher self, but we all have it. So two questions I want to answer. Uh, One is how do we access it? And two, what are the qualities of this self um, so that you can identify it and cultivate it? First, how do, you, how do you access it? To access self, you need to create the space for it. And this might look like a, a session with an IFS therapist. It might be a guided meditation uh, to help parts separate and stand aside to create the space. And there are plenty of meditations you can access online for this. I suggest um, uh, Richard Schwartz's, there's a couple of books, No Bad Parts is one, and greater than the sum of your parts is is another. Uh, I'll put links to those in the uh, in the show notes. But both of those have uh, plenty of guided meditation or guided exercises, audio exercises, and they're wonderful. Uh, so you do need some guidance to do this initially to help identify parts, to help them to trust you, to trust self enough to stand aside for long enough 
for that self-led perspective to guide you. And it does and it will every time. You just And you get the answers you need uh, and they'll come quite naturally. But it's a process and, and, and trust is key here. Parts will need to trust you first. Parts will need to trust self first before they surrender their roles and their burdens to reveal what it is that they're protecting and, you know, and, and to then allow for self to take over and lead. But, you know, once you've done this and you get the hang of the process, you can practice it and cultivate this self leadership. I mean, I, I do it every morning. Uh, I check in, I'll set myself up, you know, and meditate. Uh, but I'll just essentially be checking in to see what's going on in my head and see what parts are activated within. And I ask them what they need and I listen and they'll tell me, uh, and self steps in and, and guides me how to meet those needs. And I, and I do what I'm told. (laughs) I do what I'm told by myself, you know, and it's kind of meta to think of it that way. But uh, the truth is, uh, uh, our thoughts and our actions are either being guided by these parts uh, that are, you know, I, ideally trying to protect us and, and doing so in what they think is our best interest, but it's not always appropriate to the circumstances. And quite often that approach is uh, destructive, as we discussed in, in the last episode. Um, so we can, we can be led and guide, we can be led by by parts, or we can be led by self. And the wise self that actually has our healing and our system's balance and harmony in mind knows exactly what to bring, uh, what to do to bring that about every time without fail. So it takes time for parts to trust self, but it's a, it's a profound shift when you begin to know and trust yourself and to regulate those parts and restore balance to the system. It's a beautiful feeling, if only for the duration of the meditation. And that's not the point. I mean, the point of this practice is not for the experience you have during the meditation. It's to build the capability to do this whenever you need to do it throughout the day so you can draw upon that experience when you when you need it. And it's practice, 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 as I said, I do this every morning. Sometimes it's profound and enlightening. Sometimes it's mundane and practical uh, and a bit, you know, kind of routine. Other times it's an absolute struggle and a battle and I, and I can't do it. Um, but the more I practice, the, the stronger that self-energy becomes, the more trust that is built between parts and self. And so the other question uh, that I want to address is, uh, what are the qualities of self? What are the characteristics uh, of self so that you know when to identify it? And there are eight characteristics. They each start with a C, coincidentally. Uh, so they're referred to the eight Cs of self-leadership. So self is, it's curious, it's calm, it's confident, it's compassionate, it's courageous, it's creative, it's connected and it has clarity. So when you're operating from self, you are you're you're you're, you're one or more of, of these characteristics. If you're operating from a protector part or a firefighter part, you're not. Uh, so you know you know the voice inside that's calm. You know the voice inside that's clear 
that's confident, that has clarity. You know, the voice that is curious and open to learning and different perspectives and not knowing the answer, but exploring it um, and sitting in that sort of liminal unknown kind of threshold where all the magic is. Uh, and you know the voice that's courageous to go into those in, into those spaces and those dark corners of your mind and, and explore the shadows and, and the unknown. Self is courageous in, enough to do that. Uh, and you know the voice that's connected, that sees it all, that knows all the parts and identifies them, identifies them but not as them, that has awareness of it all and how the entire system is connected and what the system needs to heal. This is the wisdom of the self. And it's a beautiful thing, truly. When you access it, when you cultivate it, you become it and your life changes because you change and you shift from being defined and controlled by protector parts and become more led uh, by self with all of these qualities. You, know, you begin to embody these qualities and um, these qualities like that are and always were and always will be inherent and maybe perhaps dormant for some time, but nevertheless still within you. They are you and you are, you are, you are them. And so I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. I just wanted to um, just give an overview of this and, and hopefully make it relevant. If you want to explore more, uh, the resources I mentioned, a couple of books um, from Richard Schwartz are the best place to start. And if nothing else, just sit and listen and get curious, uh, maybe use one of these guided meditations and begin to cultivate these characteristics of, begin to witness and perhaps cultivate these characteristics of self and notice what happens. Life itself begins to look and feel very different. It's liberating. It, because you yourself are, are liberated, as are all of your parts from those, the burden of responsibility, those roles that they've taken on. And it is a beautiful thing. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for your feedback so far. I, I appreciate it. Hit me up with any more feedback. Share this episode if you know someone who needs to hear it. And let me know what else you'd like to hear. Um, I'm here. I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. Uh, until then, lots of love to you and to your parts and yourself and your, your gloriously imperfectly perfect, not broken, whole and most wonderful self. Um, let's see if we can't love ourselves first, hey? I think that's what the world is. Um, the world is asking of us now. I hope this is uh, helpful. I hope that you're well. Uh, sending you lots of love. And I look forward to chatting with you again real soon.